Welcome to the Bad Book Reviews Podcast, a discussion on bad reviews of books loathed with the authors who wrote them. I'm your host, Alexis DeWeese. This is not a chance for writers to exert revenge against cruel reviewers, but instead a place to discuss how we talk about books we don't enjoy, dish about the books we actually love, laugh a little about the oddities of the internet, and find a grain of truth in some rough critique. Sean Smucker, an accomplished writer, exercises his craft among many genres, including biography, young adult fantasy, and memoir. His beautiful prose and clever concepts are absorbing. His novel, The Day the Angels Fell, was his traditional publishing debut and won the Christianity Today 2018 Book of the Year Award in the Children and Youth category. His most recent book, Once We Were Strangers, is out this fall with Ravel. So welcome, Sean. Hi, thanks, Alexis. Yeah, I am so glad you're joining us. Um, So... We usually spend this beginning time talking about an author's latest project, and right now you're kind of between two while we're talking. By the time this airs, they'll probably both be out into the world, but do you want to talk a little bit about your um, midsummer slash fall debuts? (laughs) Sure, thanks. Um, So The Edge of Over There is a YA novel that I wrote that came out in July, and that was a sequel to The Day the Angels Fell. Um, which came out last year. So that book came out in July. And then in October, a book called Once We Were Strangers releases. And that's more of a nonfiction memoir about my friend Muhammad. And uh, he's a Syrian refugee. So we sort of got together to share his story of coming over from Syria. And then I share the story of how we became friends and, um, our families kind of got to know each other and that sort of thing. So those are the two books I've got going on this year. And I am, uh, well, it's a bit much to be honest, trying (laughs) to launch two books so close together. Yeah. Here we go. Well, especially, do you find it, are you finding it hard to switch between fiction author hat and nonfiction author? I mean, I just, I know the promotion for those goes a little differently. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I think it's, yeah. I mean, cause some people just want to talk, refugees and, you know, that sort of thing. And then other people just want to talk creativity and fiction. So it, it is a little bit strange going back and forth. I feel like the major launch piece for edge of over there is, you know, starting to settle down. And so I think, I think I'll be ready once the time comes to really push into once we were strangers, but I I need to do that probably in the next couple of weeks. So (laughs) we're coming right up to it. So once we were strangers, once that releases, we're going to use the word once twice here. Mm-hmm. Um, what number book does that make that for you? Because you're you are actually quite prolific. Yeah, I well that will be my own third traditionally published book. I've also written um, three other eBooks that were self published. Mm-hmm. And I've also written around 20 books for other people. So co-written or ghost-written. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have an exact count on that, but I think it's around 20 now. Okay. Wow. That's incredible. Um, so your relationship with reviewers has probably changed a lot over the course of your career. Can you can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, that's a that's a really good point. Um, when I first started co-writing and ghostwriting, 
uh, I didn't really care that much mm-hmm. about reviews um, because I didn't feel like the books were mine. So even though I really poured myself into helping the person create them, it was easy for me not to take the reviews personally uh, because it wasn't my story. Most of the times it wasn't even really my voice. I was kind of taking on the voice of, of the person I was working for, working with. So I didn't really concern myself that much with reviews. And also with those books, usually the setup was once I finished writing them, I kind of moved on. So, you know, by the time the reviews were coming in, I was two or three projects down the road working with somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, so for, yeah, for a bunch of different reasons, I just didn't take it very personally. But when I started to do my own books, I realized it was going to be a challenge for me um, to, to begin separating myself from my work. Uh, otherwise it was just going to, I was going to be too personally attached to what people thought about it. So that's kind of been the challenge. And I feel like I've come a really long way since, uh, releasing the day the angels fell um, about a year ago, actually, I guess Mm -hmm. in a couple of weeks. Um, that was, that was, that was hard. I mean, it was not hard, but it was just, it was, it was an interesting process, you know, coming to terms with, with hearing what people thought about it. And it affected me much more with fiction. And, mm-hmm. it, and I think there's even just a big difference for me between fiction and nonfiction, what I'm realizing, because I think um, with, with nonfiction, with Once We Were Strangers, I mean, the story is what the story is, you know, like I, mm-hmm. I for the most part, and and I'm confident in my nonfiction writing voice. So I feel like people who are critical of it, um, it's just not their, it's just not their thing. You know, it's not, it's not their style, which yeah. I'm totally fine with. I think with fiction, maybe I'm still not secure enough in my fiction writing, or maybe it's just the whole idea of, you know, you create everything from the plot to the voice, to the structure. And, um, and I think to, to receive criticism in any of those areas is, is still a little tough for me. Mm-hmm. So do you read your reviews? I know some authors are very hard set against that and others are, that's, that's their nightly ritual. Yeah, Where yeah. do you stand on that? <laughs> I would say I'm in the middle. Um, I read them a lot less than I used to. And I tend to, I tend to sort of just check in every once in a while on the overall numbers. So like how many total reviews I have Mm -hmm. means a lot more to me now than it used to. Um, as opposed to, you know, what the last five most recent reviews are. I haven't done that for a while where I actually read, Mm -hmm. you know, the specific reviews. Um, for me, that's, that's just a little bit more helpful. I mean, I do, I think I have paid more attention since the edge of over there came out. Mm-hmm. to seeing what the difference is, the sort of general difference is between the reviews I was getting for angels and the reviews I'm getting for edge of over there. So, uh, and we'll talk about that, I think a little bit later, but that that's been interesting to me just to kind of get a general pulse on what the, what the rating is and also sort of what the, what the general review is that's coming in, you know, on a regular basis. I really don't worry about the ones, um, you know, those are, they, they just are what they are. Um, I think what usually what interests me the most are the twos and threes, just mm-hmm. to kind of see where people think that, um, you know, the work fell short or didn't meet their expectations. Those are kind of interesting to me. Um, the fours and fives obviously feel great, but I'm not sure that there's 
there's usually not a whole lot to learn from those. Mm -hmm. So what is, do you have any sort of like scientific reasoning as to why um, a two and a three is more valuable than a one in, in the regard of learning from it? Well, maybe it's my personality, but I just feel like if someone took the time to write a book, it at least garners a two. (laughs) (laughs) And I feel like if you're going to give a book a one, I just can't really take your review very seriously. And that would be not just for my book, but for other people's books as well, you know. Um, So that's probably, I don't think it's very scientific. That's just kind of my approach. No, I think that's really valid. Um, so, I, I mean, it is, it is a huge struggle, first of all, not only to write the book itself, but then to get to get it to the point where it's ready to be released to the public in whichever publishing outlet you're going through. But even through traditional publishing, you think about the amount of work that's gone into that outside of the author. Um, yeah, I, th- I, I think I'm right along with you in that. Well, yeah, and, I, and maybe I'm just too overconfident, but I think... Really? Like, I, I'm pretty sure what I wrote was better than a one, you know? Like, <laughs> so no, I like maybe it. that's just part of it, but yeah. No, I think, I think you need to, you need to get to a point where you can accept that like, okay, these are opinions, like ultimately. Exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really probably very healthy way to approach it. But this is the Bad Book Reviews podcast where we do really value the ones, <laughs> maybe not in the way the one star writers thought we would but yeah that's the nature of the show so are you ready to get into it yeah sure all right so we have a couple reviews here um the first one is going to be from the day the angels fell and then i just thought it would be really natural to follow it up with a review for the sequel um and then we're going to talk about um a review or series of reviews that have helped grow you as a writer so um here we go. So this is right. review number one. This is a one star. So maybe you read this, maybe you didn't. Um, so I am going to read it with what I think the intonation is of the person who wrote this initially. And nice. yes, I am making assumptions here, but that's what I think. So parentheses. So I got an advanced reader copy, close parenthesis, of this book, and I have to say I couldn't get into it. I've made some attempts to push through and read this book, but I just couldn't. I think that put me in a reading slump as well, but I will rate it off of what I have read so far, and I'll try to read it again in the future. This book is out now if anyone wants to check it out, parenthesis, DNF, close parenthesis. So... I just, what I really love about this one the most is probably that it doesn't really talk about the book at all. Like, yeah, I'm always a little, I'm always a little curious as to why someone reviews a book they haven't finished. (laughs) Um, That's, that's definitely a question that comes to mind. I think, um, you know, if you didn't get into the book, fair enough. I, you know, I, I can understand Mm -hmm. that, but yeah. Well, and so for anybody who doesn't speak review lingo, lingo, DNF means did not finish. Um, But I just, my, my favorite part about the whole thing is that like, first of all, they didn't read it and then talked about like, just kind of, I guess, excuses for that. But then it's out now for anyone who wants to check it out. Like (laughs) they're still in your corner, which I love. Like they're still trying to, you know, get someone to read it. (laughs) A ringing endorsement. 
Yes. Yes. I mean, they did, they did care enough about it at that point to, to log in, to, to write the review, submit the review. And I, I, they tried to make it compelling, but yeah, I have, I've often, I feel ill-equipped to write reviews at some point when I've read a book, um, alone Mm. when I haven't. And I just, I don't know. I just hope that the reader discourse kind of turns toward a little bit more of this is, this is what I expected and this is how it was met or not met rather than, Mm. you know, I didn't read it. Yeah. And like I said, I think, I think for me, um, and it might just be the way that I look at, look at reviews, Mm -hmm. but I feel like a one star review. I, I just don't, you know, personally for me, it, it, they honestly don't affect, I think I'm more, I think I'm more disappointed when someone gives me a two star review than I am a one star review. Okay. Why is that? Um, because I feel like with a two star review, they maybe at least read the book and thought about it. Um, which seems to bear up with most of the two star reviews that I've checked out. Mm -hmm. Um, whereas with a one star review, it's like someone just wanted to be able to say, to kind of check the book off the list. Um, so yeah, I don't know. No, I think that's valid. I think that's really valid. Um, so when you are kind of, when you're reading through those two stars or even maybe glancing at kind of a one star like this, what are you hoping to get from, from that reading? Um, I, like I said, I don't read them too much anymore, but mm-hmm. when I do, I'm looking for patterns you know, if, if people are consistently saying, I, I, the characters didn't ring true for me, or the structure was confusing or things along those lines, mm-hmm. then I start to think, oh, okay, well, that's interesting. You know, that, um, that this is showing up consistently and it, and it might be something that I think a little bit more about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think that's what I'm looking for is more just sort of what's showing up consistently. Yeah. I think that's, um, it reminds me of something Stephen King said. This was, I read this um, as he and his son were promoting the book that they wrote together. Um, And he was saying that uh, the reader reviews were kind of like a teacher where if if it's something kind of off the wall, um, one time thing, then it's probably not something to pay attention to. But when you're seeing things repeatedly, that that is kind of a teacher coming along um, with their red pen trying to make you better. And it was, I thought it was a really astute observation. Yeah. I think that makes sense. Yeah. And I know we'll get into that a little bit with the review you're bringing to the Mm -hmm. table, but, um, with the second review, uh, I picked, um, I kind of, I'm going to say this one is not all the way bad. Like as far as like, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not an unhelpful review if a reader's like trying to gauge, should I read yes. this or not? But I think it brings up kind of an, an inter- interesting, um, an interesting concept. And so this one, this one is a two-star review. It's a little more weight in your system. <laughs> um, and this is, this is for the sequel. This is for the edge of over there. Um, and I think, I think this might bring up some interesting discussion points. So, mm-hmm. okay, here we go. This book was a great disappointment to me. The author is obviously a talented writer, and I love the cover, but I found the book very confusing as to the characters and events going on. 
That is not where the problem lies for me, though. There is no way I can qualify it as Christian fiction. The story refers to angels and the tree of life, but not in a biblical sense. And that was the first thing that came to my mind when seeing these words. God, Christ, and everything associated with such terminology was never mentioned. I felt that the sacred things of God and his words were used as part of something dark, even evil. To me, this was sacrilege. I was unable to finish the book. I found it so offensive. I do not believe you can associate the holy things of God with demonic, sinful ideas. Sci-fi and the Lord just do not mix. I hate to leave negative reviews, but this book was not for me. Um, so I chose nice. this. I, I love how you read that. That's awesome. <laughs> My judgy church lady voice. Yeah. <laughs> I mainly chose this one for the one line alone. Um, just the sci-fi and the Lord do not mix. Just really crack yes. me up. Yes. <laughs> so how does that hit you? Because it's got a little bit of the like, okay, I considered the work. I considered the book as a whole. But then it kind of goes off into a very different tangent. Yeah, so this one actually, um, I thought that I would get some reviews like this for The Edge of Over There because it is darker than The Day the Angels Fell. Mm-hmm. Um, it it delves into some topics that, um, you know, some Christians might find a little bit concerning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, I wasn't totally surprised by it. I think what was really interesting for me was – I felt like when I finished The Edge of Over There or when, when we finished it with, with Kelsey, my editor, and, and the publisher and you know everything was kind of done, mm-hmm. I felt like it was much better written than The Day the Angels Fell. Um, and I felt like it was darker. And, and interestingly enough, sort of the general gist of the reviews holds that up. I think... Um, it's like a half a star higher, I think, in Goodreads, um, mm-hmm. than Angels. And the, the reviews that haven't been as positive have, have mostly been like this. So okay. they're, um, reviews that are more concerned with the lack of obvious Christian content. Um, which is interesting for me because that's not, you know, that's, I don't go into writing fiction, mm-hmm with that as an intent. So it doesn't surprise me that maybe people read it. I, I think this is where the whole discussion of what does it mean to write for a Christian publisher comes up yeah. and that's, you know, probably a, its own podcast. But um, I think the reviews have sort of in some ways borne that out um, just that there, there are a handful and I've got a ton of these reviews, but there are a handful of people who obviously are um, confused about how this is a Christian book mm-hmm. I think because it doesn't reflect back to them the faith that they're comfortable with or the faith that they, um, you know, that they hold. Yeah. No, I think that's, I think that's really interesting because as soon as soon as something's not someone's like particular flavor of faith, like then it's, I mean, it's something that has to be reconciled in some way. Right. Um, and I, I just, I find it interesting when it comes to story. Um, cause when I think about, um, 
when I think about the, let's let's say, quote unquote, Christian fiction that's endured through the years, I mean, obviously I'm thinking of the Chronicles of Narnia or C.S. Lewis's Space Trilogy or Lord of the Rings or, I mean, anything by Madeline Langle, you know, like there's just, you know, where there's, there's something palatable for both those in faith um, and outside of faith, you know? Um, Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just, I find it really intriguing that this discussion is, it, it continues to come up and it continues to evolve. But I, I think you're right on with trying to suss out what does that mean to be a book that's published by a Christian publisher. Yeah, and I don't know, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I think it's just, it is. It's an interesting conversation. I think especially because to me what it, what it, what it points out or what it asks anyway, is what, what is, you know, what, what's a Christian book? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't think that personally, I don't think it's possible for a book to be Christian. Yeah. Um, so what do we mean when we talk about that? You mm-hmm. know, what do we, what do we mean when we, when we call a book or an album or a piece of art Christian? And I don't think many people really, think very deeply about that. I think most people, most people would say, well, if it's, if it's clean, if it doesn't have any bad language, um, if it doesn't have any sex scenes, you know, that's what makes a book Christian or that's what makes, um, a movie, a Christian movie. But I think it's a conversation that Christians would do well to think a little bit, Mm -hmm. a little bit more deeply about. Oh Yeah. I mean, and just that question, like, do Sefa and the Lord mix? I mean, I think yes. Obviously, I would, I, I'm assuming your answer is yes. But I mean, maybe if that's just our starting point question, just, right. it'll, it'll, it'll unravel from there, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not sure that too many people who would write a review like that are actually interested in having that conversation. I guess that's the, that's no, and the I, concerning I think that's a concerning point. I think that's a really good point because there co- I think I think there's something that as creatives we're trying to wrestle with. Like there's just like the big questions of the universe that in some way are being wrestled with as art mm-hmm. is being created. And as a creative and a person of faith, like that becomes very much a like very much a huge a major ingredient in that wrestling um even if you're not creating within christian markets you know if it's not christian publishing or contemporary christian yeah like like that's still definitely a factor um but i i i don't know as i've worked in this industry i've just kind of noticed that there is there there are the the reader or the listener or whoever is consuming that art that they're not necessarily ready to wrestle with that those questions in the same way and yeah. so i feel like I, there's different expectations being brought to that table yeah i think i think one of the one of the main issues is that when we judge a work based on how palatable it is mm. then i think we are setting ourselves up to really be influenced by and receive some pretty damaging messages mm-hmm. because there are, you know, there are very, uh, there are messages that, that if we look deeply into could be considered anti-Christ or anti-Christian. Um, 
that are portrayed to us all the time in this culture in very palatable ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so that we have grown so comfortable with these ideas that they now come to us as Christian. <laughs> Whereas I think a lot of times uh, things that are less palatable or things that disturb us can actually be a little bit closer to portraying the message of Christ. So, you know, I mean, the crucifixion was brutal Mm -hmm. and was not palatable in (laughs) any way. Um, But that is much closer to the Christian message than, say, you know, endorsing comfort or um, love of money or, you know, so many, so many other Mm -hmm. things that I think we've just kind of swallowed hook, line and sinker. Yeah, no, it's so true. And I think that when you're, when you have grown up in those sort of messages without really thinking deeply about them, like you're, you're obviously, you're bringing that to the table in any other discussion you become a part of. And I mean, I would consider picking up a book and reading it like you are joining a discussion. Um, So I think there is, I think there is a larger conversation than the one obviously you and I are both having in this very brief moment. Um, But that, that whole question of what are you expecting from what you're reading or what you're taking in? Like, what is the expectation there that you are bringing into that conversation? Um, And what expectation should be there, you know? And those Mm -hmm. aren't always matching expectations. Yeah, no, you're totally right. I think because when I read a book, I, I approach any book written by any person and I wonder, what can this teach me about life? You know, how does this relate to to my, to my being a Christian, how Mm -hmm. does, how does this particular book relate to that? So it doesn't matter if I'm reading, you know, Justin Cronin's The Passage or, um, uh, Marilyn Robinson's Gilead. Like there, you know, I'm, I'm trying to pull things from that. And so I think if you, if you're reading a book and, and your goal isn't necessarily to, to glean what you can from it, but your goal is to, one, to be comfortable, two, to consume something that's palatable, and three, to make a judgment call on whether or not it's Christian, um, then then that's that's just a totally different way of looking at books that's kind of hard for me to fathom. Mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Um, so I, I think it's interesting that you're, you're coming up again, because obviously this isn't, this is not a reaction that is necessarily new in this sphere, but, um, and it sounds like you were kind of expecting this kind of pushback, um, as you, have you found that as you've continued forward in your writing, like obviously you're working on other projects since this has been out in the world, do you find, um, that that either like drives or hinders you in any way as you work on new stuff, or are you just trying to tamp that down? Um, I don't feel like it hinders me. Um, I think as long as my editor and my publisher are happy with the books that I'm submitting, um, that's really the gauge that I'm going by. And so I feel like at this point with me, they kind of know, <laughs> they know what they're getting. Um, and so I feel good about that. You know, I think, uh, and, and it's such a small, you know, this response, the, the reviews that you read are such a small percentage of the response oh, that yeah. it's, you know, it's, it's not really, um, I don't think it's an overall concerning trend or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, 
Uh, at this point, I, yeah, it doesn't really affect me. I think it's always a question I have in my mind um, as to whether or not today's Christian publishing industry has room for stories like mm-hmm. The Edge of Over There or the, not, the other novels that I'm working on. Mm-hmm. Um, and so far, the answer is yes, you know, and so I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, I don't know if it, if it will always be that way, if it's always been that way, I'm not sure. But, um, as far as the here and now, there seems to, there seems to be space. So Mm -hmm. that's good. Yeah, no. And I'm really grateful for that. So I had asked you to bring a review or at least a theme of reviews, um, that you've read that have actually helped you as a writer, help stretch or challenge where you're at, or just have brought encouragement, even though it's a critical review, just that sort of, that, that sort of thought process. Um, so mm-hmm. I'm just curious what, what you brought. Yeah. So, uh, something that did stand out to me about the reviews of the day the angels fell, uh, I did, cons- I did fairly consistently in, in the poor reviews, see, people questioning the structure and sort of the clarity of going back and forth between um, old Samuel and his memories of being mm-hmm. a boy. And so that was something that, you know, I definitely have taken into consideration and it's affected the way I, the way I wrote the edge of over there. And as I think about, um, you know, future novels, I just handed in a novel that's going to come out in the summer of 2019. And so Clarity is something that I now focus a little bit more on, I mm. think, because because I did hear what those people were saying and I could understand uh, where they were coming from. So in that way, those reviews have been really helpful. And it's something that I'm definitely carrying into my writing uh, as I move forward. I think that's really great. And I think that's like I feel like that's the purpose of reviewing in some ways. Like, obviously, it's too help other readers gauge if a book is right for them or not. But I feel like you do have a built in focus group a little bit when you're, when you're getting that sort mm. of feedback, um, was that, I mean, you were saying at that point when that book was coming out, you were paying attention to reviews a little more often. Was that kind of a hard critique at first when that started showing up? Yeah, I think, I think especially because right after angels came out, I was much more sensitive than I am now. And I was probably reading reviews a lot more Mm -hmm. than I am now. Mm -hmm. Um, I haven't, you know, with the edge of over there, I haven't really read down through my reviews since, since launch or soon after launch, which was like six weeks ago. So I feel like that keeps me in a healthier place. Um, like I said before, I still kind of gauge the total number just Mm -hmm. out of curiosity and, um, kind of see where they fall in general. But with angels, I was just, I was much more, I don't know why I was just much more in tune with, with each review. And I don't know that that's really that helpful. Probably not. I'm curious as to what, what changed. Um, well, you know, someone, uh, I think it might've been Anna LeBaron. I was talking with her one time about reviews and, um, she said something that was really interesting to me and maybe it's obvious to other writers, but I hadn't really considered it before. I think I had always looked at reviews as like, here is a, uh, this is a totally 
objective oh. ranking of your book and is a reflection of who you are as a person. You know, I think that's kind of how I looked at it. Yeah. And she really encouraged me to, to remember that this is just someone's opinion, mm-hmm. you know, like this is someone and maybe they don't have good book taste or maybe their taste just isn't to what you're, to what you're writing, you know? And, and then I think that was kind of confirmed for me in a few different ways after that in how I saw um, different people review the same book and not even mm-hmm. necessarily my book, but you just see, you know, these huge swings of, and I, and I respect both people, but their opinion of this one particular book is just so wildly different. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just started kind of the process in me of understanding that these are opinions and I can't do anything about that. I really can't. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, the only thing that I can do is make sure that I'm putting time into the craft and that uh, I'm not rushing things, that I'm taking my time with a story, that I'm giving it my best, that I'm seeing each of the drafts through, you know, to the end. And, you know, after that, you kind of, send the book out and what happens happens. And I think with book number two, I was able to see it much more as a book release. Um, Mm -hmm. I love, I love that phrase. And I started to use that much more than a book launch, Mm -hmm. just a book release, because for me that, that feels truer to what should happen um, with the relationship between an author and their work. Um, You know, once you finish the book, you release it, you let it go. There's Mm -hmm. nothing else you can do with it. Yeah. and so I think I've felt much more of a release with the edge of over there and hopefully with the books that I write in the future that I'm not so tied to them, but that once I finish them, I let them go. And, you know, if people love them, that's awesome. And if people aren't that, you know, if they don't enjoy them that much, then that's their opinion. So, um, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of the direction I've gone and it's, it's been a nice place to be. And I love that distinction between, launch and release because it's so true like once it's out in the world like you can't you can't go back and change that comma or that plot point or like it really it belongs to the reader um Mm -hmm. and it's it's out of your hands at that point i love that i love that you said it belongs to the reader because i think that's so true you know i think a reader can do with the book what they want and and you know what if somebody wants to read books um in order to feel better about their faith or Um, you know, to feel like they're legitimizing their beliefs, then that's their, you know, that's, that's, that's up to them. Mm -hmm. They have the total freedom to do that. And so um, whatever someone wants to do with the book after I release it, I'm feeling much more at peace with. That's great. I, I really, I really respect where you're at with that. And I, I mean, I think, and granted, this is my opinion, but I mean, I think you are, I think you're in a really sweet spot where you've got, you've got a really original take in a genre that's blowing up right now. Like, let's be honest, like YA that has, you know, fantasy elements or sci-fi elements is really, that's, that is a thing. That's a genre that's not going anywhere. Um, but what you've done there to push, um, even just the, the Christian market forward in that area, I think has been really exceptional. And I, I think you're not going to get, you're not, you're going to get pushback when you're just trying to push some boundaries. And I think, yeah, right. I think you've got, I think you've got the, the, 
review battle scars to prove that. (laughs) Also, I think you've got a really good perspective for moving forward in that. And I just, I'm really grateful that you're doing the work you are. Well, thank you. All right. Thanks for joining me and Sean Smucker on the Bad Book Reviews podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the discussion. Be sure to check out The Edge of Over There and Once We Were Strangers. We'll link to the book in show notes. Um, You can follow Sean on Instagram and Twitter at Sean Smucker. Um, And you can follow me on Instagram at ALDeweese and on Twitter at Lex from Bohemia. If you want to contact us at the show, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at bbrpodcast at apricotservices.com. You can follow the show at apricot services on instagram and twitter um so thank you so much for joining us sean thanks for having me it was great alexis bad book reviews podcast is a production of apricot services this episode has been made possible by sound engineer peyton burst digital producer peter ford and executive producer alexis deweese 